Dennis Stewart. Uh, last week we talked about three important herbs that you dealt with at a seminar recently, and it's all to do with women's conditions. And mm. we talked about one, Vitus agnus castus. We did. The other two, and you mentioned them briefly, were evening primrose oil and fever few. So we're going to talk about those today. But mm. also, mm. you've had some questions about availability of herbs. That's that's true, Jane. I think we need to touch on that quickly because people have contacted me and said you mentioned some of these herbs, but we're having difficulty getting them. I want to address that before we get on to the interesting topic of uh, primrose oil and fee for fuel. This is Health Naturally. Dennis Stewart, uh, let's take a look at herb availability. Mm. Look, Jane, I was encouraged to take this topic up because you might recollect that a number of weeks ago we spoke about the the interesting herb meadowsweet, uh, a lovely herb with remarkable uh, benefits. And there was a great deal of interest uh, shown in that uh, discussion. Um, The problem was, however, that many people, when they went to purchase the herb, found that very few outlets actually had the herb, particularly in its crude, dried form. And I promoted the use of meadowsweet in its traditional uh, economical form as essentially to be used as a herbal tea. And um, some people were a little bit upset, not irate, but upset that they couldn't locate it. Um, and it put a bit of, not pressure, but I was encouraged to address the issue. And I'm finding now that in the herbal world, this is a developing problem, that um, the availability of herbs worldwide, many that we have taken for granted... Um, well, certainly in my situation for, for very many years, have now been either declared endangered or are no longer being foraged by some of the traditional foragers of herbs, particularly in European countries, where since um, the European Union embraced a lot of Eastern European countries, a lot of the, those countries hitherto with, with poor economies and low wage structures had people that would make a living out of collecting herbs from the wild and supplying them to Western distributors. Well, a lot of that has ceased. So with the endangered species thing, with a lot of the American herbs, golden seal, unicorn roots, even echinacea in the United States is becoming somewhat, uh, well, not endangered, but you have to get permits to do it, and herbs from Western Europe. And um, it came over to me that this is a bigger problem than what perhaps... I had hitherto uh, thought. So there's great encouragement, I believe, for Australians to look seriously at uh, uh, coming in here and stepping up to the plate, so to speak, and taking seriously the possibility of cultivating some of these medicinals that I've encouraged to be used for 40 to 50 years of my life, uh, which are in short supply. Now, what I would say for those people that have difficulty getting some of these herbs, particularly in their crude form, is if you can't get them from the outlets where you are, your own health food store or your own pharmacy, and I always encourage listeners to patronise the, the, the local outlets, particularly the battling health food stores. Health food stores are struggling all over Australia. But if you can't get them from there, always make your way to my rooms in New Lambton and we will make sure that they are available. And with reference to Meadowsweet, I actually imported some through a distributor here in Australia from Bulgaria. So we have some very high-quality meadowsweet, and it's delightful. You can almost eat it. So I wanted to say that always 
uh, seek what I refer to in the program through your own outlets. If you can't, however, don't despair. They are usually always available from my centre in New Lambton. And, of course, if you need uh, Dennis Stewart's number, you can always ring us Correct. here at the station. Health naturally on 2NURFM. Dennis Stewart, we're going to talk about evening primrose oil. We are indeed, Jane. We're going to abbreviate it sometimes, indeed. aren't we? EPO or evening primrose oil. <laughs> EPO or evening <laughs> primrose oil. Look, it's, it's a fascinating um, consideration that many of the herbs that we use have established an identity because of their affinity for many health problems that women in particular experience. And I've always thought that with reference to herbal medicine, there is an incredible association between herbs and women. Now, you might say, well, that sounds very sexist or a bit show, but it's not meant that, not, not meant to be that at all. I have for years in my lectures said that if you look at the history of herbal medicine, um, essentially it has been a female occupation, a female occupation. And uh, that uh, goes right back to hundreds of years ago when so-called wise women were regarded and esteemed, particularly in, 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 uh, in communities where they had the skills frequently of addressing many of the problems that many of the women in those communities would experience. And herbal medicine was their only resort in those days. Hence, there is, in my opinion, a disproportionate um, association uh, between herbal medicine, herbs generally, and female conditions than with reference to male conditions. Um, if I look at the history of herbal medicine, I will find, for instance, that some of the great textbooks that I've lectured from uh, have been written by women. Mrs. Maud Greaves' book, The Modern Herbal, is still considered to this day to be one of the most remarkable, uh, complete uh, texts that's ever been written in the English language, and that was written just about the time of the Second World War by Mrs. Maud Greaves in collaboration with the Mrs. C.F. Lyle, who opened Culpeper House in London just before the Second World War. The list could go on, but um, it's a fascinating concept. Women healers, historically the bearers of medicinal uh, skills, skilled in the use of the herb, uh, particularly the American uh, um, tradition, the American Red Indian women were very, very skillful, and many herbal uh, herb names are named after their use in that community. Look at the herb squawvine, which is still used, but I use it a lot in Western herbalism to address uh, particular problems that women experience. So as that, by, that, by way of an introduction, um, that leads me into explaining why I conducted the seminar a number of weeks ago, which was very well attended on the Central Coast by health professionals, where we looked at the, the body of knowledge that's been developed and the modern experience associated with the conveying of herbs uh, to women to address uh, problems that um, can be medically treated, uh, and uh, but sometimes there are options, uh, certainly which, in my opinion, uh, should be utilised before we move down the pathway for heavier medication. And um, with reference to primrose oil, uh, this is one of those herbs 
that has developed multiple uh, benefits, and we know a lot about the herb. Listeners would have heard me talk about evening primrose oil over the years as a particular herb with great benefit for a chronic use in the management of dermatitis and eczema, what we call atopic conditions. I have promoted its benefit and recommended its use for very many years of my professional life, and I have seen some remarkable responses as a result of people that have suffered these chronic skin diseases for many, many years who have taken evening primrose oil in the right dose for an extended period of time and noticed some degree of improvement in their condition. Uh, Just by way of talking about primrose oil, um, there are numerous references uh, to it that people can procure. And for cynics out there uh, who question what I say, um, a good book to read would be that written by the English uh, medical journalist Judy Graham. I have used this woman's book for many, many years to lecture from. Uh, and as I was uh, saying to you before we came in, Jane, it's a, a text that is very medically oriented, but is written in such a way that a lay person could work their way through it and see the benefits of evening primrose oil for multiple conditions. Now, quite apart from its uh, recommendation for its use in treating eczema and dermatitis as an oral supplement, one of the areas which is perhaps not as well known as it should be is in the area of addressing what we refer to as benign breast conditions. Now, I've used that terminology deliberately because the moment we start uh, talking about uh, breast conditions, uh, the objection might be, oh, you've got to be careful, Uh, a breast uh, condition can be a cancer. No one knows that better than myself. We have had uh, breast cancer in our family. So no one is more um, sensible in saying to any woman that has any discomfort uh, in, in, in her breasts, before you do anything, ensure that your condition has been well investigated and that cyst or that lump that might be there has been declared and defined and shown to be a benign lesion. And that's why I mentioned the, ta- the term benign breast conditions. Now, having said that, and encouraged, by the way, all women, it's appropriate for me to say this, because to an extent, this probably saved my wife's life. And I don't talk as personally as that on radio, but my wife wouldn't mind. As a result of breast screening, my wife's uh, cancer was picked up very early and handled well, beautifully, professionally, and uh, her prognosis has been very, very good. So... Uh, Again, I say to all women out there, make sure that you, through your doctor or through some of the uh, mobile clinics, are regularly screened. I can't emphasize this enough. In my 40 to 50 years of practice in complementary medicine, I have seen tragic conditions of where women present wanting some option for a condition that is too far gone and requires immediate medical treatment, sometimes even the medical treatment. Um, uh, is not going to give a good prognosis. I'm emphasising this. I'm emphasising it. For goodness sake, learn from, uh, from what I'm saying here today. Get yourself 
reviewed. Now, having said that, benign lesions um, manifest themselves particularly uh, in, in painful states. We refer to a condition of breast pain as being mastalgia. Mastalgia is a very painful condition that many women experience which can uh, be associated uh, with the period and there it would be referred to as uh, cyclic or cyclic mastalgia, that is, it occurs in the context of the woman's menstrual cycle, usually in the uh, premenstrual phase, or it could also occur, perhaps not as commonly, in non-cyclical conditions. So long as the condition, however, has been uh, determined to be benign, it is here that primrose oil can play a major part. Health naturally. And Jan has rung in from New Lambton Heights. And Jan, you're rather taken with the idea of evening primrose oil, are you? You've got a question about it. Yeah, well, I haven't got a question. I've just got a statement about it, really. Excellent. I have been... um, I had a very bad menopause uh, and uh, my doctor suggested that I take it then. Yes. And uh, I've been taking it for over 20 years. And and I, I give the benefit to this. Uh, to my hair staying really good yes. and my skin staying really good. Yeah. Well, and uh, I'm, 82, mm. I'm 82 years of age yep. and um, I, I really swear by it. I think it's amazing. Look, Jan, you, you have a great supporter here because what you, what you uh, say uh, can be justified not only from your use and my experience but also from some of the more technical literature about evening primrose oil. And I, I'm delighted to think that, you, that your GP recommended this, although, although to be fair, uh, in the seminar that I conducted a number of weeks ago, um, the, the GPs that were there, I would say that most of them, by the way, most of them were women, uh, most of them uh, would have recommended or knew about the benefits mm. of oil of evening primrose, particularly yeah. for women. So, yes. uh, again, your, your phone call encourages me to say, particularly to some of the GPs out there that may not be familiar uh, with this preparation, to do a bit of study on it, do a bit of reading round on it, look at the literature uh, and see that it is not just anecdotal stuff. Uh, I mentioned, for instance, this text here by Judy Graham. What I mean, she uh, talks about clinical trials that were done in the UK in various hospitals for instance, the University of Wales College of Medicine, they did a clinical trial with about 300 patients uh, with severe persistent breast pain um, and where at least 45% of them experienced significant remission and 25 or 27% experienced sufficient remission. Uh, that's only one uh, clinical experience, and there are there are others that are about that. But what you say about your skin and your hair, quite apart from other areas where it works um, as well, particularly in uh, reproductive conditions, um, there is an explanation for that. Um, oil of evening primrose um, contains obviously an oil, and that oil yes. contains what are called essential fatty acids (EFAs). Yes. Now, essential fatty acids are foundational for a healthy skin. Unless you are ingesting or using or have in your diet sufficient levels of essential fatty acids, uh, you may not get 
the clarity of skin and the freedom of skin disease that obviously you have. You have locked into the benefits, particularly of a chronic use of a substance that conveys an oil rich in a particular spectrum of essential fatty acids. One of the things that's that's interesting about this, Jan, that also uh, you'd be interested to know is that um, linoleic acid is an essential fatty acid, uh, but um, when it's taken into the system, very frequently it's not converted into what's called gamma-linoleic acid, which is the agent that is particularly important for its action and action on the skin. When you take it evening primrose oil, it bypasses the conversion requirement to, cur- to turn linoleic acid into gamma-linoleic acid. When it goes in, it jumps it, and you get straight away the benefits of this remarkable uh, byproduct of linoleic acid. So yes. I, I could talk for hours about the, emerge, <laughs> the emerging science on it, but it yes. doesn't surprise me at all. There's even, by the way, Jan, uh, a sufficient uh, information in the literature to suggest that people with, with chronic, uh, a chronic skin disease, such as, say, psoriasis, now, that's yes. a pretty nasty condition and very difficult to treat. And, and, and the drugs that are used to treat it, unfortunately, are pretty heavy drugs with sometimes pretty serious side effects. Primrose oil is recommended in, um, in the text that I've referred to uh, by Judy Graham as warranting, warranting a trial in the management of, of psoriasis, the thing being, yes. of course, you've been on it for very many years with yes, people, and, and, and you've, you've noticed the benefit over that period of time. For someone, say, with a chronic skin condition such as psoriasis, uh, the benefits are not going to come in a month, two months, or even three months, but they no. may well come. They may well come after a sustained or what I call a chronic period of time where taking them regularly, even without seeing the dramatic reversal, and even yeah. whilst you're on uh, medical treatment, taking the immunosuppressant drugs, etc., a quiet perseverance with primrose oil in the correct dosage, and I would yeah. est- I would say for people with psoriasis, round about five grams daily, uh, yeah. a, a quiet perseverance with it, prepared for, for a long haul, may well see changes in the skin that may yeah. give as good a skin condition as you've got. I don't. Yeah. I don't doubt what you've said, Jan. I know how you've got to that condition, and yeah. I'm, I'm very pleased you rang in because it reinforces my enthusiasm for this substance. I've seen in my forty to fifty years, many of which have been spent in in New Lambton at my rooms. There, I've seen cases of kids' eczema reversed. I've seen people with chronic skin conditions uh, have their condition reverse. It all comes down to uh, correct dosage and a willingness to stay the distance with it, and the outcome in very, very many cases is as pleasant as yours. Thanks Thanks, thanks for ringing in, Jan. I really appreciate it. Thanks very much for your call, mm. Jan. And uh, on 2NURFM, this is Health Naturally. Dennis, what about dosage? Look, I think this is crit- critical. It's uh, A lot of people will say, oh, look, I tried primrose oil, and when you uh, when you question them, or when you ask them, they say, oh, yes, I tried it, but didn't have any effect on me. And my immediate response is, okay, uh, how much were you taking? Oh, well, I was taking a capsule a day. Uh, well, how long are you taking it for? Oh, I was taking it for, for weeks and weeks and weeks. Well, hello, 
but it's not going to get you anywhere. For an adult, for an adult managing, or for a lady, for instance, that's seeking to help her nostalgia, you have to be taking it at least in three to five grams daily, all the time. And that would apply equally well to, say, an adult with, say, severe psoriasis. I would even say five grams. And it comes in capsules. So your point or your question, Jane, is very important because a lot of what I say to listeners will not work unless it is realised the things that I talk about are related to dosage and length of time you take them. Five grams is a good all-round dosage. The substance is harmless. It comes in an encapsulated form. The worst thing that could happen is it mightn't work in your case. But by gee, it's, it's worthwhile giving a try. To a new RFM's Health Naturally and Dennis Stewart. Peter has rung in from Port Stephens. You've got a question about um, evening primrose oil. Is it good for schizophrenia? Look, uh, Peter, there's a bit of debate about this. I must admit, um, in the text that I'm referring to by Judy Graham, now I'll pause there and and uh, mention the name of the text again because it's a little book that anyone interested in primrose oil should read, and particularly from the point of view of the science behind it and the conditions for which uh, it is used. Now, on the front cover of this book by Judy Graham, entitled Evening Primrose Oil, uh, there are about oh, about 10 conditions. Uh, some of them are more, how can I call them? Some of them are more um, popularly and uh, strongly uh, considered to be responsive to primrose oil. But I note amongst the list of, con- list of conditions that she does call up as warranting a trial with uh, this herb is schizophrenia. Now, um, you know as much as I do about schizophrenia, it's a very serious disease and needs to be necessarily managed professionally and medically. But again, there's emerging information that supplements, vitamin supplements, uh, particularly some of the B vitamins and herbs as supplements, may, may be useful. Judy Graham's book would be worthwhile reading, Evening Primrose Oil by Judy Graham, to see what she says about a potential role for this herb as a supplement uh, to use in in schizophrenia. All right, thanks, Dennis. Thanks, Peter. And thanks for your call, Peter, and all the very best with that. Now, Neil is on the line from Bonnells Bay. Neil, uh, your question is about lipids, you say. Yes. I've been diagnosed with hyperlipidemia. Yes, Okay. Um, this this probably this means that your uh, cholesterol levels are probably elevated. Uh, so, ask the doctor to increase the uh, calf stat. Okay. Look, your doctor would know exactly what to do. Um, so you must discuss that condition with him if you're unsure. But um, he would have it well and truly under control. What? What food should I avoid? Meat and milk? Now, look, sometimes this has very little to do with diet. It has everything to do with you and the way in which your metabolism works. So you need to discuss it with your doctor because whilst diet may be important to a degree, it may not be adequate. 
to handle the problem. You must talk to your GP. Okay, all the very best with that, Neil. It sounds as though it certainly needs a bit of discussion. Very much. To RFM's Health Naturally. And Joanne has rung in from Abermain. Now, uh, you've, you've got dealings or you're treating children with dermatitis and eczema. Is that correct? Yes, my, my daughter's children, my grandchildren, yes. I have... Um, there's one that he's about two and a half and has yes. had um, has had eczema since a tiny tot, and yes. I now have a four. Oh, she's five months. Yes, and she's been to a uh, skin specialist only the other week, and yes. she's been diagnosed with eczema and dermatitis yes. on different parts of her body. Yes. So I'm just wondering, is there anything natural that we can use for the, those ages or do they have to be a little bit older before we can... How old are, you, are the children you're talking about, uh, Joanne? Uh, the the little girl is... Uh, she's five months old and my grandson's... Oh, he, he's two and a half. Okay. Look, um, primrose oil is, um, generally speaking, a harmless supplement. Uh, yep. So you're not dealing with anything anything significantly toxic. However, because the ch- these are children, anything that you administer to them should be run past your GP or your paediatrician. Fortunately, with primrose oil, it comes uh, in liquid form as well as an encapsulated form. And it's pretty well tasteless. In my practice, I have administered it to children five or six years of age uh, and quite happily. But um, with the, these kids, I would uh, I would recommend, certainly it be considered, um, and I would be confident that it had a potential to help them. But they are kids, and they rightly belong in the domain of your GP and a paediatrician. I doubt yeah. very much, I doubt very much, Joanne, whether your GPs... Um, and I, I know some of the GPs around where you are, they're good people. Mm. I doubt whether there would be any uh, serious reservations about using the substance, um, mm. half a teaspoonful of primrose oil, uh, in my opinion, uh, would be a useful thing to do. But yeah. you know me well enough to know that the advice that I've given you is soundly based. Your GP is always your first point of contact with any yeah. health problem. Yeah. Um, I would raise the topic with him if mm-hmm. he, he wants to give me a ring and talk about my experience with it or my knowledge on it. I'm happy to do yeah. that. I think you should go down that pathway. I've actually seen a, 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 a little, not a baby, but a, a very young child benefit from just, in fact, rubbing uh, the skin. I was going to ask you that, yes, Dennis. Is yes. there anything topical we can use? Because well, I think you've been yeah. um, yeah. having to... Some steroidal stuff in the bad Of course. Bad parts and of course. Like a... Well, see, the steroid will, will handle the inflammatory condition yeah. and, and make the, the, the skin bearable for the child. Yeah. Uh, but um, primrose oil is recommended in Judy Graham's book as a topical application just to be uh, gently rubbed on the skin. Yeah. Uh, always do a patch test um, with anything that you use, Joanne, whether it be natural yeah. or, or medical. I always yeah. suggest to my clients, look, do a little patch test. But I know of a couple of cases that have followed the advice 
of of uh, uh, using it topically on children yep. who may not be able to use it orally and have seen some benefits on it. In fact, right. recent recently in my Cessnock um, clinic, I saw a woman um, who uh, mistook what I said about primrose oil and thought that I was apply uh, thought that I was only saying that it was to be applied topically, but the <laughs> the benefit was remarkable. Uh, she presented within a month with a, a part of her arm which was seriously uh, affected with the dermatitis completely cleared and when I said oh well you know it was a tasteless experience she said well I didn't take it she said I rubbed yeah. it on the skin so <laughs> mention it to your GP yeah. mention it to, and and um, as I said if they want any information I'll be quite happy to uh, supply it to them Thanks and for that ringing. would be safe for that would be safe for the baby's skin as well. Uh, topically, I would think so. But here again, yes. here again, you must uh, get on side your medical managers, yes. Yes. Uh, and patch test particularly there would be appropriate. But I can't think of anyone, uh, adult or or infantile, that has had a serious reaction to mm-hmm. primrose oil. Thank you very much. Thank you, Joanne. And thank you for your question and your call, Joanne. Uh, we've still got a couple more minutes, and uh, Dennis, would would that be enough time to take a little, uh, men- make a little mention of Feverfew, which was our other oh, one? You're pushing the friendship, other. Jane. <laughs> I'm yeah, pushing. Well, look, we've a spo- taste. We've spoke only a taste. We've spoken about Vitex agnus castus as a herb with female indications, i.e., particularly for dealing with the premenstrual syndrome. We've dealt with evening primrose as a potential remedy for dealing with nostalgia prior to the period. With reference to feverfew, it has shown some remarkable possibilities in dealing with uh, the pain of the period that many women, particularly younger women, experience. Now, having had two daughters, I know a little bit about what they sometimes went through with their period. Feverfew contains an interesting um, substance which functions as what's called an antiprostaglandin. Now, the theory about uh, painful periods, or what's called uh, dysmenorrhea, is that they are associated with high levels of prostaglandins around the uh, reproductive zone of the female. With feverview, it has antiprostaglandin agents, and it is thought that by debilitating the level of the prostaglandins that cause the spasm, that it alleviates the period. Now, I've been very, very, um, how can I call fundamental, too simplistic in explaining that. <laughs> but it's one of those remedies that perhaps should be tried. It wouldn't have to be taken all the time. Uh, as the period approaches and as, as the woman is experiencing the pain, it might be worthwhile taking, say, a capsule or two of primrose oil daily for, say, a couple of days before the period, and a couple of days through the period. It doesn't always work, but I know many cases where it does work, and in one of the references that I referred to last week or a couple of weekends ago in my seminar, it was called up there encouragingly as a herb to try um, as a means of alleviating what's called dysmenorrhea or painful periods. So it has been something for the ladies today, It is, Dennis. and we'll have to think of something for my, for my brethren Indeed. to see what we've got for them. Indeed you <laughs> will for next time. And Health Naturally will be back next Friday after the midday news on 2NURFM. 
Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>